Dixon from Love Thy Nerd back with you for another Bible Thump. And uh, we're going to wrap up the book of First Peter today. Uh, well, actually, I scratched that. We're not exactly going to wrap up First Peter. We're going to begin to wrap up First Peter. We're going to read the rest of the book, the last section of the book that we haven't looked at in these Bible thump, Thumps and these Thumpers. Um, these Thumpers? Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, you probably didn't think that funny, but was funny but for me it was so there you go uh all right so we're gonna wrap up the rest of the book of first peter we're gonna do this in two parts um and so this week i'm gonna talk about this kind of like um cure for anxiety although i don't like saying that because um like if you follow the teaching in this passage it doesn't mean that you won't experience anxiety and it certainly doesn't mean that um any anxiety you're currently facing will just evaporate I want to be really clear before I jump into this because we're going to talk about anxiety and I want to be clear that like there's a level of anxiety that I am not um, qualified to speak to. I'm not qualified to give you advice on. If you are experiencing debilitating anxiety um, that is regularly impacting your life, your relationships, um, that is causing maybe depression, um, then like you need to seek help from a licensed counselor. Um, so uh, this is not a, uh, hey, the Bible solves all of, your, all, your, all of your problems kind of message. I want to be really clear about that. So that out of the way, let's read about a solution, a, a balm at least, a um, help to anxiety that Peter offered to Christians who were suffering. Christians who were going through a gnarly, difficult time, here's what Peter says to them as he closes out his letter. 1 Peter 5, starting in verse 6, Peter says, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him because he cares about you. Be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like roaring lions, seeking anyone, looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him, firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. The God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered a little while. To him be dominion forever. Amen. Through Silvanus, our faithful brother, as I consider him, I have written to you briefly in order to encourage you and to testify that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. She who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, sends you greetings, as does Mark, my son. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all, uh, to all of you who are in Christ. All right, so um, what do we learn here about, about anxiety? I said that Peter is speaking to anxious people, to anxious Christians going through a difficult time. Well, we've established through this series on First Peter that um, Christians in Asia Minor, um, it's like modern-day Greece, Turkey, that area, like, um, but in the first century, he's writing to first century Christians in Asia Minor who are suffering. They're probably not yet being like killed left and right. Um, there were seasons of that in the early church, and one of those is probably coming. It's like right on the horizon. And so it seems like in God's providence that he's preparing Christians in Asia Minor for that to come. Um, but based on what we know about when this letter was likely written and kind of the tone of it, it seems like there's a lot of like social difficulty being foisted upon Christians. They're, they're being looked down upon. They're being treated differently. They're being, um, like, like it feels like they're being trampled on um, and treated less than and excluded and probably financially in financial ways, probably in um, just 
you know, gross social ways. That's what's going on, and Peter's writing to those Christians to encourage them to stand strong in their faith. So Peter ends his letter to these Christians by prescribing an ancient solution to a modern problem. Uh, modern problem because anxiety, um, anxiety brought on by suffering is something that we're presently experiencing now. It's not just something that has happened in the past, but to be clear, it's something that's going on all the time. Like we just kind of, kind of, I mean, we're still in COVID, but we, we just finally now have gotten to a place where like we're navigating COVID in a way that's less, I think maybe slightly less stressful, but it's still a really difficult time. Like we're in this um, financial situation where it's like a recession, but not a recession. And nobody wants to call it a recession, but it probably, probably might be one. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not an ec- expert in economics, but these are difficult financial times. These are difficult times for families in the wor- around the world and in our country. And so, um, here's the, the, the modern problem. Modern problem is a modern problem is anxiety brought on by suffering, like feeling like you don't know what's going to happen next. And you're always worried about it. And it's brought on by, by, by suffering, by difficult situations and circumstances around you. Um, and to be clear, it isn't a modern problem, but it feels like one, right? It feels like a special uh, pandemic of anxiety lately, right? Um, and it felt like a special pandemic of anxiety to the Christians in Asia Minor. Um, and it feels that whatever suffering you're going through, whatever difficulty you're going through, it probably feels unique and special to you. And here's what I would say. Those feelings are valid in many ways. Like that's the one thing you really can't argue with is the way people feel, right? Um, we are in a special pandemic of anxiety, just in general, culturally. I think um, forty million Americans have anxiety disorders. Um, that's like eighteen percent, I think, of of the of the population of the United States, something like that. Twenty five percent of children from ages thirteen to eighteen. Uh, have anxiety disorders. Four in 10 Americans during COVID uh, struggled with substance abuse, eating disorders, problems sleeping, suicidal ideation. Um, All these things are on the rise in our culture. So um, I don't think, here's what I would say. I don't think they were necessarily more anxious than previous cultures, previous um, eras. Uh, We're not likely more anxious, but we're, I think, way more aware of our anxiety. So things like social media, the internet, like smartphones, all these things have given us access to tools to diagnose ourselves better than previous generations. And so we're more, in some, in some ways, maybe it's good because we're more aware of our anxiety. But at the same time, too, I think those tools that are in our hands to diagnose things like anxiety are also themselves sources of anxiety. So think about this. Having a smartphone means you're available 24 7 like i know you think well i sleep and i'm not available then but yeah you wake up sometimes admit it admit it you do you wake up sometimes in the middle of the night and check an email or a text um you're accessible 24 7 and so emails texts um social media posts these things that that things that could cause anxiety like a email that says hey you did something wrong at work a text that says, I'm angry at you because of X, Y, and Z. <laughs> like Those things are, we can get them like that. And boom, we're into a feeling of anxiety and frustration and potentially depression. Um, think about social media too. Uh, there was an era when we didn't compare ourselves to other people all the time. Oh no, wait, that's not true. We've always compared ourselves to other people all the time, but what does social media do? It gives us 
a new avenue to compare ourselves even more. Like there was an era when we didn't know, or we didn't see the pictures, sorry. We didn't see the pictures of our friends who went on amazing vacations all the time. But now you can't miss them. Uh, there was a time when, you know, we knew far less about each other than we know now. And so that information can cause us to compare ourselves. Um, this is a huge problem for young people, isn't it? Like comparing the, their social status, comparing their physical looks, like their bodies. And so like, um, yeah, just how many more young people are disappointed with their own bodies than, than, than ever before? Um, so what's the point of all this? Uh, we live in an anxious world. Um, and here's what I want us to do. Think about what tends to make you anxious. Here's what I want you to do. What makes you personally anxious? Maybe it's your job, your kids, your parents, your financial situation, your spouse, your future, uh, your income, the people you are failing or you feel like you're failing, the people who are failing you or the people you feel like are failing you. Um, Social media can amplify, amplifies all those concerns. Because not only are we concerned about our financial situation, we see these pictures of this amazing trip one of our friends went on that's like, oh, they clearly don't have. Like, what's wrong with me? We have more people to compare ourselves to and feel more inadequate, more frustrated, more stressed. All right. None of this is very encouraging, is it? Uh, here's the encouragement. Here's what Peter says to do when we sense that anxiety building about the future, about your spouse, about whatever, as you feel anxious because the world around you feels difficult and gnarly and frustrating, here's what he says. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Humility. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And not just any God, but the God who cares for you. The God who invites you to cast all your anxieties on him. So hear me say this. The God of the Bible, Jesus, is not opposed or annoyed about your anxieties. He's not opposed to you having possessing anxieties. Not so he's not annoyed that you have anxieties, but invites you to cast those anxieties upon him. The God of the Bible sees your situation. He knows about it and he's not indifferent to it. So the solution Peter offers to to suffering and frustration and anxiety, the solution Peter offers to anxiety is the one that humans have struggled to believe since the beginning, and it's humility. Um, humility was not a virtue in the ancient world. You won't find this as a virtue prized by um, the ancient Greeks or the Romans, or even if you go back to Babylon or ancient Egypt. None of these ancient cult cultures held up uh, humility as a virtue. Why not? Because nobody nobody thinks that's a virtue. Nobody thinks that this idea of like thinking of yourself less is 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 worth is like a good thing. Um, 
And this has been a problem since the beginning, right? What were Adam and Eve doing at the fall? They were they were saying to God, essentially, you did good up to this point, but we'll take it from here. And then Babel, right? Babel's the story of like human beings saying like, hey, we, we've got this. We're good. Uh, we don't need help. Uh, the golden calves are, again, uh, human beings going like, taking objects and creating them and saying, hey, these objects that we created, these feel like manageable gods, but we don't want a god who's like holy and bigger and set apart and like doesn't doesn't abide by our standards. Um, so yeah, it's been a problem from the very beginning, but humility, what is it and what isn't it? Well, humility isn't letting go and letting God, right? The things I mentioned earlier uh, that are agents of anxiety, perhaps your spouse, your home, your friends, uh, your relationships, your job, your income, um, these things that I mentioned um, are things that you can't afford to stop giving attention to. It's not like you can say like, oh, I'm just not going to like be a dad this week, <laughs> or I'm not going to worry about my finances at all. Like You have to worry about those things on some level. You have to give attention and thought to them. Um, so here's what I'm going to say about humility. It isn't thinking of yourself. It's not letting go and letting God, and it's not thinking less of yourself. Um, it is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less often than you do, and instead thinking of God and your neighbor. You see, that's the balm to anxiety. That's where the help with anxiety comes. It's not when you think you're terrible. It's not when you think you're small. It's not when you think you're worthless, but it's when you think less on those things about yourself and more on who God is, who God's made you to be, and the kind of relationship he calls you to have with the world. You see yourself as having a purpose in the world to bring God's goodness and love to bear on the people around you. Then all of a sudden you're thinking less about your problems and seeing yourself as having the ability to to make an impact. Um, I, there's some really like toxic Christian teaching out there that says we should think of ourselves as 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 kind of worthless, as worms, as the worst of the worst, as like, I believe that the Bible does say we're broken and that we're sinful and that that brokenness, that sinfulness affects every area of our lives um, and that we're dead in sin. Like I, I understand all that and believe, and believe that, but you're not worthless. You don't need to think of yourself as worthless. You should never think of yourself as worthless. In fact, I think the Bible actually calls us to have a very high self-esteem, um, uh, but it doesn't end there. Um, it just it just isn't in there, right? We have a higher purpose, a higher goal, a higher good that that we're called to, and a higher God that we serve. Now think about this: Jesus commanded his disciples to combat anxiety, not by seeing themselves as small, but as but by remembering their value before God. Um, he says to his disciples, "Isn't the body more than clothing, and life more than food? Aren't you of more worth?" than the sparrows. He talks about how the sparrows don't have anxiety. And he says, you're way more valuable than them. You're way more valuable to God. God made you in his image. Like that's, that's a help in the midst of anxiety. But it's not a help in the midst of anxiety to think you're, you're worthless because you're not. That's just wrong. All right. So the problem here is anxiety rooted in frustration and suffering, um, which apparently in, in Peter's mind is connected to Satan and his desire to destroy and devour. And the solution is Humility before God, um, whose yoke is easy. Jesus says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Um, what Peter offers us is not a magic bullet to kill, uh, to kill suffering or to kill anxiety, but an invitation 
but an invitation to um, humility. Through, and through humility, an invitation to unburden ourselves. So I just, today, we'll, we'll finish out this passage, I think, next week. But today I just want to offer you um, that invitation. An invitation to unburden yourself. To acknowledge and admit your anxiety and to bring it to God. He's not annoyed. He's not frustrated with you. He doesn't wish you didn't have these anxieties. He wants you to acknowledge them, bring them before him. And as you do so, I think you're going to find help. This is not to say that you'll find the cure to every anxiety you've ever faced or every anxiety you're experiencing now, and it will go away like that. But it's an invitation to bring them before him. And that might look like for you, bringing them before God, but also bringing them before a friend, maybe your spouse, someone who you trust. Bring those anxieties before them and, and ask, for the, ask for help. Ask for help. I think if you'll take that step, you know what you'll find? You'll find a, a little bit, of, at least a little bit of that burden lifting. And isn't that a good and beautiful thing? that our God wants to bear our burdens and wants to help carry them and lift them so they're not so oppressive. That's exciting to me. I hope it is to you too. We'll see you again next week.